0: We are a part of that collection of two white men doing podcasts. <laughs> we're two queer white men. How does that differentiate us at all? Or does uh, it? it? Totally helps with the
1: topic. <laughs> we're talking, we're about, talking about musicals. <laughs> and we're talking about musical theater.
0: <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us
2: for the gospel of musical theater wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Well, you already lost me at the part where he writes himself a letter, because I did that one time, and guess what? The next morning, I read the letter, and I was like, I'm not listening to that fat bitch. (laughs) Like, why would I listen to
1: her? Well, hey. It's That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? I'm Eric Williams, and if you can't tell, my butthole is puckered. We have my favorite podcasters of all time, Watch What Crappens, Ben and Ronnie, are here this week, and not only is this episode god tier. They also shouted me out in this week's episode of Watch What Crappens, the Potomac recap. I just like, when I listen to that, I swear tears welled up in my eyes. They are my icons. They are legends. They are the moment. And I'm so grateful to them and to you for listening this week. Ronnie did mention how we talk about ice cream for a full 45 minutes. Uh, Do not worry. It wasn't 45, but it is the first 15. (laughs) And if you're not an ice cream person, you can fast forward. But... I did not edit out a single second of that ice cream talk because that is my true biggest love in life. Dairy, frozen, iced, creamed, custarded... Um, I do want to say that uh, I did edit out some of the other juicy stuff because I didn't want to give it all away. But also give a little gift to our Patreon subscribers. I'm going to give that full, unedited episode up on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash podcast. So head up there. It is the full video episode to see Ben and Ronnie's gorgeous faces. Also, the big news I guess I really should kind of put in the open is that we announced that we are officially moving to L.A. <sighs> it's just a relief it's almost like coming out where after you do it so many times you're just you just want to let the whole world know and you're tired of giving the monologue and that's kind of how it felt i forgot we had to tell people like in the grand scheme of things so we decided to post a cute little central park pic and End of October, we are out of here. The moving truck is scheduled. We are not driving across the country. Matt said absolutely not, knowing that he would do the bulk of the driving. And I didn't disagree. (laughs) I control the music. I tell the jokes. I do not sit behind a wheel for more than 45 minutes. So, my friends in New York, we are out of here the end of October. And my friends in LA, I can't fucking wait. I just... It's going to be beyond devastating to leave and I'll deal with that as it gets closer, but for now I'm just kind of basking in the excitement for the move for the end of summer and for this week's Episode. If you don't listen to Watch what Crappins, they not only recap Bravo, they're just delightful human beings that are so fucking funny, the impressions. But if you are here, there's a good chance you do listen. So make sure uh, to follow Ben and Ronnie, listen to Watch With Crappins. And I will say for this episode, we do talk more than just ice cream. We go into Bravo. I talk about why I was really actually a- offended for the first time watching One of the Real Housewives. It was New York. Uh, and Ben and Ronnie, we all get into that. We talk about movie musicals Why I hate Dear Evan Hansen so much And Ben and Ronnie reveal what made them gay They're such incredible answers And at the end of the episode They give me a lesson In a Whoopi Goldberg film I've never even heard of As devastating as it is to say that They gave me a gift And I'm going to be watching it And probably posting about it on my Instagram just so I can share the experience with you all. Uh, If you don't follow me, I'm at Eric Wills. And please enjoy this episode. Thanks for being here. Subscribe to the Patreon. Leave the review, etc. And here it is. (laughs) from watch what crap runs on that's a gay ass fucking podcast can i tell you what i was doing the 10 minutes before setting this up i was just going watch crowd, watch crowd <laughs> like over and over and then i was doing the britney version anyways uh Ooh, hey, i want the britney version give me that one. i know well if I'm being very honest, I think it's actually John Early doing Britney. Uh, it's just a lot of vocal frights. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm into just it. Rambling. Maybe she's listening. What happens when this happens.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Very, um, very Britney.
1: Speaking of, uh, <sighs> I... When I started this podcast, uh, I put into the universe like a dream goal would be to have Ben and Ronnie on, and the fact that you are here, I'm. I really, really appreciate you, and you are goals and dreams. And thank you so much for being oh, stars.
0: Oh. What a dream! Oh my god! Just call us. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Dream came true. And by the way, I love You're your land. Better dreams. <laughs> I love thank your you so land. much. This
1: is a. Uh, this is actually a relic from my husband Matt's family, oh. and um, we're not. We are keeping it because we're moving. To LA in two months. Oh, congratulations. What's the occasion? Thank you so much. The occasion is um, existential dread. It's moisture. It's humidity. It is um, Mm -hmm. me trying to convince Matt to go for the past few years. And because we're in New York and I've been here for a long time, we love,
3: but. I just want to put groceries in a trunk. Do you know what I mean? You know what? Yes. you are. You have no idea how much that like adds value to your life. But
1: here's the thing: is I think I'm starting to imagine it because I just cannot wait to like have our hybrid moment and then go to a TJ's, <laughs> maybe even a Costco, for feeling nasty. Oh, and then I just feel like I, and also of course, like career-wise, boo 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 boo. But I really feel like like quality of life. I just. Yeah, you
0: want to go outside, you know. I didn't have, I did have a Prius for a little while, but then I switched to a Vespa, and you know, I had like the Vespa moment, like strapping groceries onto the Vespa. (laughs) There was like a kind of "you're going to die any second now" just because you wanted something from Sprouts kind of feeling. that really Added to the whole. Wait, was that like your Barcelona cosplay? Were you pretending you were European? Well, yeah. And I felt like so romantic on it until someone said, Oh, my God, do you know, that fat chef on the new on the uh, food network, he drives a Vespa. It's <laughs> like, thanks. I guess they were talking about Mario Batali or somebody who drives oh a Vespa around. and I was like, that's great. Thanks for ruining my life. So and then you had to get rid of the Vespa after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. or lose weight I
1: would, so what do you think's gonna happen
3: <laughs> <laughs> i would never be able to strap my groceries onto a, a motorcycle i mean I, I can barely even get on a motorcycle i did it once in my life and it was terrifying but i like to treat my groceries like like, they're not at Six Flags. You know, I want them to just like be in a cushy, you know, floor oh, no. of the backseat area.
0: Pile that shit up with some bungee cords. Do not buy bungee cords from the dollar store. I learned that one. Lost a lot of groceries that way. But otherwise, <laughs> oh, yeah, just no. pile that shit up.
1: So, wait, when you're at the grocery store and you're like, this is the one thing that'll make me feel better, which aisle do you go to? What do you buy? Ronnie, you go first.
0: Bakery aisle, croissants, chocolate croissants, um, really any kind of bread that's u- usually white bread. Mm-hmm, of some mm-hmm. kind and then butter and then cheese <laughs> and then ice cream if i'm feeling dirty see i usually feel dirty and i
3: go ice cream but what about you ben you know that's a great question i never really thought about that because so many of the aisles give me so many you know uh feelings of happiness but i think if i have to be brutally honest like i want to say i love going to the produce section and just finding something really fresh i want to be that person that says that i think i just go for tate's cookies i think i just go to the cookie aisle
1: God, do I love a Tate's cook. I mean, give me a glass of milk. We we have a David's cookie in our grocery store that's like Tate's younger brother who's a little less expensive and I it's it's just as stale and beautiful. Um but I truly I truly am the ice cream Ben and Jerry's. I have you there's a new flavor series called Topped. Do with that what you may, but have you have, have you tried? <laughs> I've not tried Topped. I haven't heard about. I've even heard of Topped. Sounds messy to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is messy. a messy domineering it really, I mean, listen. If you want to have a sub ice cream experience, but it's just like they re- they call it topped because it's like a chunk of chocolate at the top, and then beneath it is just a gorgeous journey of other chunks. And it it really, <laughs> I mean, it delivers. And I Ben and Jerry's been th- there for me in many dark times, and so many.
0: Oh yeah, what's the
1: flavor? They've also flavor created source. a lot
0: of dark times.
2: Well,
0: no, <laughs> but I love how they're recreating ice cream. You know, it's like we're gonna have core, like where they yeah put, they put I love like the a, core yeah they See, put a core cores down the middle of me. it
1: cores were tough for the stomach for whatever reason the core was a little adversarial but then the topped ones are for some reason really an ally
0: i well, oddly I, it's like regular ice cream got cored like it got topped and turned into a core is yeah. that
3: weird yeah yes. yeah it's like the core is kind of like the aftermath of the topping right so I I've <laughs> always been I've always been a uh a, a chocolate fudge brownie <laughs> sort of person. I that's like my favorite flavor. But I have to say during the pandemic, I've always loved fish food. But fish food really rose higher fish food. than I ever expected it to. I mean, it's always been, I think fish food is like a top five, Ben and yes. It always has been. But I found myself gravitating towards it more than chocolate fudge brownie, which was shocking to me. I think I'm like in my old age really turning into a marshmallow fluff sort of guy.
1: Oh, well, that's controversial. I mean, I feel like you're in my head, though, because I was a chocolate fudge brownie girl through and through, college till after. But then I went fish food, but actually I've been to night dough recently. Tonight dough for me is like... Everything I like in chocolate fudge brownie—it's got the brownie chunks. Everything I like in a fish food—it's giving me a swirl. But then it's like there's a peanut butter moment. It's yes, it has Jimmy Fallon on the front, and, yes. and that's a tough, tough thing.
0: That, well, yeah, that—that's um, that, that makes it a tough sell for me for sure. The Jimmy Fallon face, like, yeah. I'm, like I'm not going to eat you, Jimmy Fallon. Okay, <laughs> I draw lines. I you know, I'm not a hater of J- Jimmy Fallon or anything. But, yeah, well, I'm not I a hater, but, I, but uh, I mean, I'll I'll hate
3: on him for the ice cream sake because I actually was disappointed with the tonight dough. And so during like the peak corn. Quarantine. I uh, I had a night where I ordered from one of these like ghost kitchens. Do you guys have that in New York City? The ghost kitchens. Yes. So there's a ghost kitchen out here called the Ice Cream Store. And so I actually ordered chocolate fudge brownie, fish food, and the tonight dough. And the tonight dough seemed like it was going to be the perfect union of all of the above. But um, I found it wasn't chocolatey enough. I felt like you know what, because it doesn't have a chocolate base mm. ice cream, and that's what I needed from it. And if mm. I could get that, it would probably blow them out of the water. But I couldn't get
1: Okay, that. listen, I, I understand where you're coming from, where you need the chocolate base. That's why when you go to Ben & Jerry's Topped and you go to the peanut butter chocolate one, that's where I think you're going to really find a kindred spirit. Because there's a chocolate base, there's a peanut butter cup inside, there's a chocolate mm-hmm. on the top. And I think it really is going to do good that's for gonna,
3: you. That's going to work well for me because I've actually felt like peanut butter cup ice creams or peanut ice peanut butter ice creams in general i've yet to fi- find one that really sings the way it should
0: mm. well actually i'm sorry to break this up but um haagen does a marshmallow a marshmallow what do you what did you call it ben uh, like, like, like a marshmallow, marshmallow. Fluff. yeah they do that um for their rocky road and they also have a very delicious peanut butter so see wait that's that. a
1: good point because haagen-dazs does have also a chocolate peanut butter where the peanut butter is kind of ribbon throughout but it's still mm-hmm. kind of hard and crunchy because you need you need yeah. that texture and haagen-dazs and also haagen-dazs is probably not that we are trying to go to ice cream for health benefits but uh, ben and jerry's if you eat a full thing before bed you're fucked whereas haagen-dazs i yeah. feel like you still have a semblance of hope that you're gonna survive because well, it, it has
0: like the double a's yeah it has the double a's mm-hmm. with the two dots on top and you just feel so like swedish or whatever yeah. and they're all thin like i mean how many fat swedish people are there you know none
3: and on top of that it has that very elegant you know design whereas ben and jerry's is kind of like going into a coffee shop in the 1995 but the bad news for all of us well not bad news but i mean the truth is haagen-dazs owns ben and jerry's so we're really keeping it in the family no matter what
1: Wait, I didn't know, that. This, yeah. is big, this is a big thing for me.
3: They bought them a while ago. I mean, I should double-check that because, you know, the worst thing is to, like, you know, declare a fact on a podcast and be totally wrong. But I'm pretty darn sure. I'm going to look on well, my especially phone Especially right about
0: now. ice cream because ice cream lovers will be pissed. Well, yeah, um, I'm looking not, not at right only now, ice
3: cream, but didn't Ronnie, didn't you get in trouble for the
1: um, the Delaware of it all? That was no, me. No, that was Ben. That oh, was ben. me.
0: That was
3: Ben. I wasn't paying right. attention to my – I was just like, yeah, the DMV is Delaware, Maryland, right. and Virginia. No, that's actually Delmarva. Which I actually didn't know that Delmarva Peninsula was an acronym for that. That I did not know. But I did know that the DMV was DC, but for some reason I said Delaware and I paid a price for that. You in sure the form did. Of I mean,
0: yeah. For me, the D stands for don't know. Don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't pretend to know things I don't, I, I don't know. You know, I Google, I'll Google that shit. But I'm, I am old enough to remember when Ben and Jerry's before they got bought out and sold out and did whatever they did you know which i feel very betrayed by because they used to be made with real sugar and now they're made with corn syrup and i'm old enough to remember what that shit tasted like before and now it's now it has that like cheap grocery store kind it's of not tinge like the to same. it. i agree right it, it's not the same And so wait, it's are we shame. saying that ben shame. and jerry
1: the are they less of like social like they're like because they were bought out did they sell out
0: well, maybe they sold out, but then they like donated out too. Like, I'm sure that they're using their sellout for good. Th- Listen, I'm from uh, you know. You're going to L.A. You're going to learn this very quickly. You're supposed to sell out. That's the reason you moved to L.A. Selling <laughs> <laughs> so out is good. That is the goal. Okay, I mean, we're not twenty. From,
1: from your mouth to God's ears that I sell
3: something. <laughs>
1: Jesus, age.
3: You know, I can't. Yeah. I, I think I may be wrong about Hagendaz owning Ben Ben and Jerry's. I think that maybe Hagendaz tried to buy Ben and Jerry's and it didn't work out. But in my my mind i thought they were just like one big family all this time and i was like what a great ice cream family you know you have got like turns the, out they're terrible rivals and they yeah you've got like the elegant you know elegant haagen you know this
0: you know who owns them who you
3: yeah that's what Is i just had a soap that's what i thought i don't know it's a conglomerate i, I would have liked it much more of haagen owned them
0: wait
1: do you guys are you familiar with the ample hills creamery situation wait no, what is that what's that okay oh my so, god
0: you're like a drug dealer why don't you just give me a bite for free and like you like are... you didn't mean anything by it and then <laughs> i'll get addicted like a fucking sicko go ahead i mean
1: listen i well i've watched enough documentaries about pharmaceutical companies to know that we're all fucked but <laughs> those are so
0: good so until good. you find out they're all made by scientology and then you're like whoops feel guilty about watching that one again <laughs> well the ample hills creamery
1: is it was a small mom and pop shop in brooklyn it took over the world people got obsessed with it they opened up and then they tried to scale way too quickly they were selling it in disney world they opened up a giant factory in brooklyn and then they just like went bankrupt and but they opened in la as well and that shut down because it just wasn't it was in los filas um it was called Ample but, Ample cream- Ample
3: Hills Creamery. I didn't even hear about that, and I'm like up on all the new ice cream places. Oh, here in LA. see,
1: they still are, but they ended up going bankrupt, and then a, a company sold or bought them. But they bought them for like a million dollars when when the company had like been a huge. It was like a an oh. devastating story, but now it's like Ample <laughs> Hills is just some like random owned by a conglomerate. It's lost the mom and popness. You know,
3: I'm so glad we're talking about this because earlier today I was thinking to myself do I want to go to Carvel today? I was like, it's sort of an effort. There's, so there's one Carvel west of the Mississippi and it's here in Los Angeles by the 405. And so it's very special Carvel. And so I was going, I was really thinking, do I want to make the trek over there? And I was like, nah, but now after this conversation, I think it's like destined that I have to go to Carvel today.
1: Listen, if it's a Carvel,
3: if it's a Cold Stone Creamery and you feel pulled to go there, you have to answer the call. Coldstone doesn't do it for me, actually. I feel like their ice cream t- is like gummy and like, you know, when, when they mash it up, it's just it comes out as like stringy and long and... It's not quite Bronnie, right. break
0: the tie. Brawny, do you go to Cold I Stone? think both of those kind of suck, honestly. Um, my, <laughs> wow. my recent find is Tillamook Creameries, which is a delicious ice cream that oh. you can also buy in the grocery store. Is that so wait, it's because a t- Top Chef? No, I actually had it the first time because I'm still in Texas, and I was looking for a new kind of ice cream. And I I don't know. There seems to be different brands. I'm sure that I just noticed it differently because it's like a different grocery store. But I was like, well, that's a weird name. It's delightful. What? Guys. Say it really? again. Say the name again tillamook it's t-i-l-l-a-m-o-o-k tillamook creamery and they're from tillamook oregon wait a minute
1: i literally have heard about this recently from people in oregon that said you this is the best ice cream ever and i looked and there is you can get it in new jersey uh by me you but like i'm gonna i'm gonna track this down
3: uh, I'm i'm gonna try it because for some reason the idea of ice cream made from like a place that specializes in in dairy and cheese for some reason I feel confident
0: about that. I feel like oh. that sounds
1: delicious. They know their lactose. And
0: that yes. is... Uh, okay, That's I can't important. wait. Yeah, if you're going to fuck your stomach up anyway, do it by people who do it professionally. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, The mudslide is my per- personal Ooh. favorite,
3: just in case anybody's
0: wondering. I'll tell there you, you, you what I think is
3: overhyped. And I don't know if you have it out, out there in New York, but when you move to LA, you'll have it here. And it's also Portland-based. Van Leeuwen. straw.
1: Oh! salt. Wait, so I have had and I do like, but isn't it overpriced?
3: It's overpriced. And also, I find that after two or three bites, it all starts to taste like just sweet cream. Like the flavor goes away. Because I think that one thing that happens with ice cream is that it's sort of – because it's cold, it kind of like numbs your your taste buds or dulls your taste buds. So that's why ice cream has so much sugar in it because it kind of has to overcompensate for the fact that you are dampening the power of your, of your tongue, right? And I feel like with salt and straw, like the first few bites are like, oh, this is so good. But then like after a little bit, it sort of goes away and their chocolate flavor is not deeply chocolatey. And you know I'm a big chocolate ice cream person. We're learning your standards for chocolate are, yeah. are high
1: and <laughs> they're, they're high. Listen, I yeah. I don't judge your standards.
3: Doesn't have that doesn't have like that bitter <laughs> next level level that like Ben and Jerry's or Haagen-Dazs or other places have.
0: Well it's also highfalutin, like salt and straw. Fuck off with your salt. We're talking about ice cream, you know, it's a very highfalutin. And isn't that the place that makes ice cream like they'll make mint ice cream with real mint? no get mm. that the hell out of my use ice cream mint. it's ridiculous
1: but i will say that if you're making a banana ice cream or eating if it's a fake banana i
3: will not fuck with that i think
1: it's right. t- i think real banana like, is okay. bananas are the
0: worst yeah, yeah. It real like a, mint- god intended that to be a dessert
3: yeah like why do you even need it to be fake just use real banana it's better and
1: that's my hot take about cold stone is i have a good banana ice cream sorry 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 sorry. okay, oh. okay. Bananas.
3: <laughs> that's bananas itself <laughs>
1: Wait, I do want to tell you that last night I was sitting on the couch with Matt and we were watching Beverly Hills and I was like, first of all, we had an edible that we didn't know how how, uh, intense it would be and so... It was. But we are watching Beverly Hills and I'm like turning to Matt and like, we're going to be t- – I'm going to be w- face-to-face with Ben and Ronnie tomorrow after what I consider to be a top 10 episode in the franchise. When I say top 10, do you agree or disagree?
0: Yeah, It's good. I mean, it's definitely gotten good. My memory is really bad. So I had to pause to like think, oh my god, what are the tops? Yeah. And I'm thinking – uh, dinner party from hell. Amsterdam, I would say the Amsterdam fight. Amsterdam game night. Um, yeah, I start doing math in my head. This so season I don't. One, I don't know. Nine. I don't know about numbering, but very very good and back to the classics you know we're at a dinner party that is going to hell you know which yeah. is there which is what they do on that show
3: i mean it's been a long time since beverly hills has had a dramatic enough episode where the dinner party starts you know at like the 15 minute mark of the episode right that's when you know it's a good episode when the dinner party starts like after the first commercial break or maybe you don't even exactly. have a commercial break i thought it was a re- i thought it was really really good i was surprised i was a little surprised that people online are all sort of Saying that, like this is one of the best of all times. Is the da, da, da. Uh, but I did really really enjoy it. Um, I guess the reason why I I had some hesitancy about putting it at top ten of all time, but in retrospect, thinking about it, like it's not like there's ten amazing episodes of Beverly Hills, but um, <laughs> I would say, I mean, not not to shade Beverly Hills, but I feel no, like they are right. more like they don't have necessarily like episodes that are legendary. But um there wasn't like a big fight. It was just like a grilling and people were getting information that they were waiting on and maybe the the rush of that made it so exciting for everyone. But um Oh, I loved it. Because it's all the it stuff good, that we've yeah. all
0: been researching. Like all the fans have been researching all these Erica lies forever, and it's been so frustrating watching her watching it you know and and screaming at the tv like you guys she just said she left tom because of this reason but now she's saying this reason and like we've been screaming because we've had the luxury of the blogs and all this stuff mm-hmm. to get this information so now we finally get to watch them put it all together and so it's cool because you're like picking your player because we've already formed our own opinion so it's like okay team Garcel and sudden yes yeah. that was what was exactly. right watching garcelle and
1: sutton step up and like see them really call things out was so but then also watching dorit kind of like flip flop spiral down it just felt it felt so vindicating in so many ways but also to see erica like oh right i mean the victims of course they should get but more it's like (laughs) she does not care about them
3: She doesn't. I I think that one of the reasons why it was, it it like read so well with this episode was like Ronnie said, there was like a lot of release. There was a lot of questions even before the season began about would this cast ever confront Erica about anything? They're just going to give her softballs. And that's what we were all anticipating. And so I think to see Sutton and Garcelle kind of push back. For you know, on Beverly Hills terms, pretty harshly was like deeply, deeply satisfying because we thought we weren't ever going to get that. We thought they would just be sweet and nice, like like half the other women were, and the fact that they were actually kind of Garcelle was you know poking and and Sun was poking. I think we just, it was so exciting that we got to have that moment. So I think that's why everyone was so amped about it.
1: Yeah. It's the perspective of like what Beverly Hills has come from to now. That's why it feels so monumental. But I do wonder do you have an opinion about where Lisa Rinna stands with this? Do you think the edit she's getting, are they trying to make her villain-esque with how she dealt with Denise versus with the things with erica now like what
0: what's she's, the rena she's making herself villain i mean this is like typical rena you know she goes after everybody season after season and gets all the people she doesn't like kicked off but then the second somebody does some real shit i mean this is and this isn't just i shouldn't say erica did the real shit you know whatever tom did the real stuff but erica's complicity that's what's in question so the first time that there's even a whiff of that rena's like what why aren't we sticking up for her <laughs> and then the nerve to bring up denise Niece, which yeah. was ridiculous when they were trying to get this, like, false semi-rape allegation, the way they were wording that, like, she... Brandy just got taken advantage. I mean, that was so gross last year. Yeah. Um, and so to see Rina doing that is hilarious because they are not on her side. And so it's no. been really fun to go retwitter Twitter today, that's for sure.
3: I will say <laughs> that Erica's a better liar than Denise's. And so, like, you know, it could be that that Rina really does believe Erica, whereas Denise was like I mean, Denise was blatantly lying. We all agree Denise was blatantly lying, but we also don't no. feel like it was worth like Tearing her apart and sending her off the show for right, and right. so you know I can understand where Rina's saying like, look, like Denise was lying to me, you know that bothered me. But Den- I also think that Rina, Rina has had more scrutiny about the lint in her belly button than she has about Erica Jane. Okay, she has like not questioned any of this, any of this, and for Sutton to be the one who's the investigator when that's kind of Rina's thing is kind of a fall for gri- from grace for Rina.
1: And that's probably why she's losing some street cred with viewers is because Rinna is actually not giving us what we want, which is her being a monstrous ask her of questions
3: yes that's what she does that is like literally her thing she did it to kim richard she did it to, 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 to dorit she's done it to like everyone denise Were people obviously. doing
1: coke in your bathroom yeah
3: <laughs> and she's like not even doing that to erica
1: it's kind of crazy it is i mean also though i think that the like what we're getting right now with bravo is so emotionally charged in a lot of good ways with beverly hills but like with new york that shabbat dinner it was like I, I Every single week, for whatever reason, this podcast like Judaism has come up. I don't know if it's in the zeitgeist, as they say, but like watching this Shabbat dinner and then being remote, being such a fucking bitch about I was like, I said to him, I think that's like the only time I've actually kind of been offended by a housewife show. I was like, this feels really
0: bad. Yeah, it got bad. I mean even me and I don't get offended by ver- well, I mean I get offended by everything but also truly offended by not really anything at all, you know? And I was like, yeah, I mean I get that it's Ramona and Ramona will be Ramona and all that, but when it comes to like race <laughs> and I mean I just don't think now especially it's never the time but especially now it's like are you really this bad it starts to feel like they're doing it on purpose you know yeah. it's like hey let's uh, this season is all about ramona meeting minorities for the first time <laughs> yeah. let's send her here and watch what an, what, what an ass she makes out of everybody you know
1: well it's, you know, it's also like, i he, think like watching all the women especially luann i think she luann is very in the middle of this season in a way that doesn't feel good to watch like do you remember the honestly i think the most gross moment of any housewife show was luann going giving modeling quote-unquote modeling advice to that young (laughs) woman and then like now luann's like oh god ramona you're doing too much it's like luann you're not some woke woman that knows how to talk to anyone so i think you're all bad and i think that ramona is sometimes the villain that's fun to watch but her watching her this season is not as fun because it's just dark it's
3: bad i mean i'm i'm actually you know sort of a controversial hot take i'm still having fun watching her because she is so awful and 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 Mm -hmm. don't take don't mistake me saying i'm having fun watching her for me saying i endorse anything that she says like literally everything she says and does is wrong and offensive you know and if there are people who like if her actions trigger people and are like that is bringing up terrible memories of my life and she should be fired for that like i can't i can't argue with that right but for me like I watch these shows cuz I want to see you know just terrible people acting terribly in public and we all are just like oh my god I can't believe someone would would behave like this and the Shabbat dinner was really the pinnacle of it um mm-hmm. part of me also wonders if Ramona is just so awful to the crew that they have just set her up to look so vile this season that that the public demands for her to be fired. Like, like maybe is there a world where the producers have gone to Bravo and said, we have to get rid of her. She's a nightmare for us. And they say, sorry, we can't get rid of Ramona. It's so like, fine, we are going to make her look as terrible as possible and force oh. Bravo's hand. That could, That's my new conspiracy theory honestly ben i believe
1: that like i'm sure working with her i mean the three seconds i've been in the same space as her i was like oh you are really just not not a good person but i think that where does new york go next year i think clearly the people working on the show on her gone but do you think she actually i mean i can't i don't see a word. i don't think they're gonna fire her
3: i don't think they're gonna fire her because you know her she's so offensive um, but she always manages to do this thing like, you know what, I'm learning, I'm a work in progress, and I didn't mean to offend. And you know what, Ugh. she always does that thing. And it's sort of, she always does just enough to kind of like, earn like one more episode, right? And I think that New York, I think they'll bring back Dorinda. I wouldn't be surprised if they even bring back Bethany, oddly enough. Interesting. But, um, I think that New York, they've got to focus on the older ladies. I don't think we can focus on. I think it should be that if you're if you're younger than forty five, you really can't be a full time cast member on New York.
1: Yeah, isn't how Leah and Ebony? How old are they? Aren't they like thirty five or something? Somewhere like I think,
0: I think they're both really young. Yeah, yeah, they're in the and days. I think that you know I'm okay. You know Tinsley worked fine for me. She I like I, mean, I don't know really how old good. Tinsley is. But yeah, I'm. It, I just, I don't get this whole thing of like, we can't find anybody crazy in New York City. Like, Ramona's the only crazy lady in New York City. I mean, I lived there for 10 years. Trust me, there's plenty of people. There are plenty of people you could pull off the street in there to be pretty funny. So I'm, I mean, I guess that we're all used to Ramona, but I don't know. These years that this year, the ratings have tanked so badly. I think that it's going to be the end for Ramona. I I just don't see it working.
3: In my, this episode, I, I, I'm, Never really seen as much of an outcry for Ramona being fired, but you never know. I mean, you know, at the same time, the internet is the internet, and tomorrow it could be that like everyone is protesting against a candlestick so i don't know like right. you know i don't know right because not to minimize the very valid you know
0: complaints. Yeah, well, it's the also just us like we're all gay guys you know <laughs> we're like all probably pretty liberal i would assume and so for us you know we're in an echo chamber in a way too because i was reading the comment one of my favorite things to do every week after every housewives episode that's really good is to go to the bravo facebook mm. and read like the what all the audience is saying and they're totally team ramona they're like oh have is ruining this show you know there's still a bunch of that going on and it's like even after this week's episode you can still say everything is ebony's fault like what the hell and they're like yeah because ebony set her up to do that that's ridiculous you can hand somebody you know a freaking gun it's their fault if they go into a mall and start taking people (laughs) out with it like what are you talking about how can you blame ebony for that i know putting someone at a
3: table with other black people and a jewish person does not is not a setup. (laughs) That is not a setup. That's life. Yeah. A setup that's that called does not make. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I also think it's really tough
1: when you hear about the core audience of Bravo and like what the archetype of that white woman who voted for Trump is. Like did you hear about BravoCon before they canceled it? They were gonna have require proof of vaccination. And I was just like, hey boy. Good luck with that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Brashan? <laughs> I was by the way, I'm s- back it up, bitch. Back in, back up that Get backed up that booster shot. Um, I was missing Bershan honestly for the past two episodes. I want. More
1: I Bershawn. don't know, man. was. T- you know, the biggest devastation when you watch a new person is when you see how much they want to be there. And I know it's like dating, where it's like you want them to like you, but if they show that they like you, it's a little like get yes. away from me, you freak. And I yeah. just feel like she liked the cameras a little more. But that being said, like. I bet like, you that like was the like one. doesn't, you know? Exactly, exactly, and that's why I think that was the tough part of this season. Is that I think
3: give Bershawn another couple episodes, and yeah, like I God think Bershawn fit in actually really well. I mean, she, I mean, uh, she fit in well as a cast member, not socially, because she obviously you know <laughs> called them called Sonia a clown and and said that they were grandmothers, which was the most offensive thing you could ever call a cabaret star. But um, I thought though she really matched the vibe of the show as someone just not very self-aware and ridiculous and very very self-involved you know and has a story has an amazing story we love has an amazing story exactly so i want more Brashan to be honest even if like some of her political views are i'm like mm, you know but you know you can't you can't align with everyone on tv no not at all i mean well speaking not of, on this show <laughs> well especially right now
1: too with new. i mean god i could truly for hours obviously talk about this stuff but i do want to ask the famous podcast question to both Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crap Ends. The question is, whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame? um Does anybody feel like really fired up to go first? I'll
3: fire myself up. I'll give it to He Man first of all. <laughs> he Man really kicked things off really well. I mean, just like every day, this like this hot, muscly guy, really wearing nothing, who was like during the day he was meek, but then at night he becomes fabulous and strong. Like that really got the gears going. And then in terms of like later influences you got to give some credit to you know diane Weist, linda fiorentino kathy moriarty they just did great work for my sexuality
1: (laughs) someone else said he-man on this podcast i'm trying to remember who it was but gosh there's such a charge to that answer i mean and also the old character actresses i mean i wait ronnie do you have who do you give credit to
0: Well, I mean, I guess my gayness was so um, culture-based before it was sexuality-based that I don't really give anybody credit for the sexuality part because that just, like, kind of happened. But um, culturally-based, I'm a typical older queen. And I'm a young older queen, but still, like, Liza. I mean, I think that my parents took me to that when I was a kid in Vegas at the Desert Inn. And I was like, what? Well, I don't want to go to this stupid thing. I was just, like, a teenager – And um, I was like, wow. I mean, I just remember being like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was floored. I'd never seen anything like that. Wait, so you're saying you saw Liza in Vegas live? Yeah. And she was just so Liza, you know, like the feather boas and the lights. and (gasps) Like just the whole thing and the sobbing and the sobbing and the crying and the belting. I had never seen anything. Anything like that, I'd never heard anything like that, and I mean, my job was on the floor. I will never forget that,
3: <laughs> yeah, I have to say also, I got to credit uh big business and soap dish. those were two very gay movies in my life that I watched over and over and over again, not realizing that they were kind of like creating building blocks of gayness in me, so those were great, and also there was once a Nintendo power uh magazine uh issue. That was for like Castlevania too, and there was like this shirtless muscle guy in there who was supposed to be like Simon, you know, the star of Castlevania. Sure, sure. And he was so hot, and that was that was a big moment for me in fifth grade. And then also um, International Mail uh, Catalog what a what a great
0: oh yes international mail and also the underwear section at the department store yes i think was the first time i was like oh my goodness you know like the man in the underwear mom
1: give me about five and a half minutes i'll be right back and then you're like and then you start to feel bad because you see the people on the underwear like have like giant bulges hairless abs and you're like i don't look like that yet slash (laughs)
3: ever And yeah. yeah, that's when you think you still have potential for that. And then um, also, you don't have
0: to be Tom Cruise to enjoy Mission Impossible.
3: <laughs> <laughs> also, let's give credit to like Phil Donahue and Sally Jessye Raphael oh, and everyone else, and everyone what? else. Oh, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa! You, you're overstepping. <laughs> no, no,
3: no. And everyone else who <laughs> would invite male strippers onto their afternoon daytime talk show. Okay. And okay. I would whoa. sit there and be like, full circle, you, know, you look Montel Williams. You just like wait for the episodes when it was strippers, and I was like, yes but also i think that's important about what every what both
1: you're saying is that you're we're both talking about like the cultural touchstones and the thirst of it all and i think that like liza minnelli and those broadway things they're not only like big belty brassy women but also the chorus boys are like so like hunky and and so i think like i like broadway stuff for me was definitely like i saw the national tour of les mis my dad is straight confirmed straight but like his what made him the way he is which is just i guess a Jewish adult male, is that he saw Peter Allen in Las Vegas and he, like, is obsessed with Liza and Peter Allen and he took me to Les Mis when I was, like, nine years old and I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but I like that the turntable is spinning. But I think that there's like, so much of that showbiz stuff that is just so gay. Yeah,
3: so theatrical. Yeah, I I think it was late
1: to... to, Les Mis? I think
0: Les Mis would have made you gayer if you had been introduced to it with the soundtrack, because... I, when I first saw They Miss, by the time I saw it, I'd listened to the album 90 million times. I was like, this is stupid. Everybody's dirty, you know, (laughs) gross. I hate this. But when I listened to it, it was Patti LaPone. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's the first time I had ever heard her. And, uh, I think I heard something, Leia Salonga. I remember doing that. I mean, just, or no, Leia Salonga, Salonga, Miss Saigon. So Miss um, Saigon did news, right? was
1: a big one for me. Did you watch the YouTube clip of Leia Salonga auditioning for Miss Saigon oh, when she was oh, like Oh
3: yeah. I haven't seen that oh man yeah. it's
1: it's like she's like so i mean good. she's literally like 16 or 17 years old uh-huh. and it's between her and another girl and they show Leia salonga learning the song you are sunlight and she's like sitting uh-huh. at the piano learning it and then she it goes like montage style from her learning the notes and kind of looking unsure yeah. of herself and then it cuts to her fully selling it on a stage and then she finds out she gets it and you're just like fuck and now she's of course has this incredible career now yeah, she's Leia salonga yeah.
3: you know I, you know also yeah. tina turner i want to give credit to tina turner my mom had the private dancer albums i remember she bought it from Caldors, which uh, i don't know if you guys remember Caldors, but i remember mm-hmm. being like what is this crazy record that has this lady with the big hair and these legs and that album private dancer became like part of my life and on top of that i remember in like fourth or fifth grade i had this like vision of creating a musical based on the songs of of private dancer and but i was like But people don't do that. Like, you always have to come up with original music. But now, of course, we have Tina the Musical. So it sort of, like, really came together.
1: You invented the jukebox musical. I did. I did. I really did giving credit i once
0: did a a strip tease to private dancer for my grandmother
1: (laughs) (laughs) drunk on christmas isn't that nice wait you were drunk or she was drunk and you both yeah we used
0: to have these i was drunk we used to have these big drunken christmas eve parties with my family i come from a big lebanese family we had these huge parties and i was young you know and i was drinking way too much and i did a private dancer um strip tease for my grandma and she was like that's nice, honey. Good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, what do you call your grandma? What's her grandma name?
1: Sithi. Sithi. So if if I yeah. were Sithi watching you, can you give me a five second preview of what that tease looked like? Me? You don't do it? No,
0: I, I can't do. No, I won't do that. I was like nineteen years old. There's a big difference. Okay.
3: A, Listen, I was about to say that's a visceral image for all of us. Is is yeah. like
0: teenage hormonal Ronnie Karam. <laughs> just right yeah, it wasn't sexy i was just yeah, I was saying, it wasn't sexy i was just acting out the song you know no, I, it wasn't until to, later I that the i was
1: performance of the song i mean listen i i would i'm
0: would... oh the song i'm a private dancer a dancer for money do what you want me to do Oh,
1: come on now. See that you (laughs) delivered. That is you are the USPS and that has been delivered. I mean, if I were to see like videos or I feel bad for kids these days to have everything recorded. Like if I if you recorded me after seeing Bring It On in Movie Theaters doing a full cheer uh, routine in my living room, (laughs) I would literally like have to be on watch, S watch. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I am
3: so glad there's no not like a huge amount of footage of me from my childhood. Like yeah, you're right. Little gay children, by the way, little gay boys. (laughs) Well, for going forward in, in life, we'll always be tormented by these childhood videos that are going to pop up on YouTube because, like, you know what, <laughs> little gay boys, we just love to perform. Like, like we, I'll yeah. just like slide into the dining room and just start like just flapping my hands around and singing songs or whatever. And like, you know, I don't know if I would be able to see that version of myself right now.
0: Oh my god, there were these. Um, there used to be these karaoke, like when karaoke became popular there used to be karaoke booths in malls and my mom would like let me go in there and i would always sing sa <laughs> just about as blatant as, like, as it can be it's as, like, as that you're gay as gay as you can get like the most stereotypical kind of gay you know that was me well so. the biggest Thank shock God. for me is that when we are these gay little
1: boys and then inevitably when you come out and like there are going to be some people who are surprised and you're like roll tape yeah did you not see me at the mall like it's like i literally have a twin brother who did not know i was gay when i came out and he watched me lip sync to dream girls in front of the entire school it's like you saw that <laughs>
0: (laughs) And I'm telling you.
1: Oh, I think that also that's a big thing that I I had one girlfriend in my life and because I wanted to you know I didn't want to say no to something I'd never had and so but then within a minute within a minute I was like oh yeah no this is not going to work but I stayed with her for a little too long anyways I took her to val for Valentine's Day Dream Girls the Jennifer Hudson film in movie theaters and like cut to me weeping and I think her looking over and just like kind of kind of liking it and I was like the math here is not adequate, <laughs>
3: yeah yeah that's 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 a real way to um show that you Come are out. closeted. because <laughs> we get at dream <laughs> yeah. girls on a date with your girlfriend <laughs> but you know how many poor sweet ladies of uh drama club have had that experience unfortunately <laughs> like and
1: we really appreciate them and love them and i want to publicly say again like to anyone who has had a gay boyfriend you, you were doing god's work and if we didn't treat you well i want to apologize on behalf of all of us and thank you for your service
3: yeah yeah thank you i never had a i never had a girlfriend from drama club i had a girlfriend for two weeks in high school and um like we went and saw romeo and juliet the boz lerman version and like we sort of held hands do some of it but i was like i don't want to be distracted distracted from the movie <laughs> I'm like i don't i was like should i put my arm around her no because i need to watch the movie <laughs> leo is acting now yeah i was like no there's no room for romance during this movie right now
1: i do want to ask speaking of romance um i know that we are fans of white lotus do we do we what are we do we have any estimates for season two any thoughts on season one
3: um i'm only i've only watched the first three episodes i I haven't finished this the how many are there six yeah i think so yeah so i don't even know i have no idea what's gonna happen next
0: Wait, Ronnie, are you I it? predict I watched it, I loved it. I predict it will be about um some very rich white people played by talented underused comedians comic uh sketch actors and character actors and it will move really slowly but i'll be obsessed with it anyway for some <laughs> reason yeah ronnie i'm uh, obsessed with it i totally care about
1: well you know what's funny is that oh what is the actor's name that plays armand the hotel man oh he's so
0: great yeah he's he is good so he re- good
3: and yeah he reminds me of uh uh Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, because he's
0: Australian. Yeah, Murray, Bartlett. <laughs> Murray Bartlett. Yes, Murray Bartlett.
1: Murray Bartlett. He is so talented. He's also so hot. And I, some, a couple people that we follow each other on Instagram, <laughs> he, they told me they were in P-Town a few weeks ago, and they saw him out in P-Town. And I was oh. just like, I won't ask, of course, what the experience was, but I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was just gonna say that the guy who plays like the the douchebag, you know, son of a the like rich wealthy parents. Um I don't know who that actor is, and he looks vaguely familiar. I feel like I've seen him in things, but he was perfectly yeah. cast. Like if you have a face like that, you have to always play that role.
1: He was in um the really, really bad Amy Adams movie on Netflix, the Wind. There was a bad
3: movie on Netflix? <laughs>
0: <laughs> crazy. That is crazy um he does have a punchable face you're talking about the one who just gotten married right yeah not the teenager oh the teenager oh oh
1: oh (laughs) yeah i know right he does have a very punchable face but apparently there's an article with him that sorry the the his wife is the writer they just got married that there is an article about how he only plays nice guys and that this is his first mean character What?
3: He literally has the most evil face. Like, he looks like the preppy killer, you know? Yeah,
0: he does. But the thing about that show that I really liked was that it's about this white privilege and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you're still not completely against white people because... They like that guy right there. Murray Bartlett was fucking with him the whole time. He did give him the wrong room. Like that guy actually did have a gripe. It's just like he went about it in such an entitled, disgusting way. But they made it kind of tricky, you know? Mm -hmm. They kind of made you see, they made you see almost everyone's side of it, except I think for that guy. That guy you were like, I don't give a shit. You're terrible. Like even if you did get screwed over on your room, I still can't wait to see you hopefully get killed at some point. Yeah. And, you know, I guess like, we'll have we, to
3: find that. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Say, I no, we can. I didn't realize we're going to be talking about it today. I would have I would have burned through some episodes.
1: It the, yeah, itinerary, but I just like I'm so obsessed with it. And I know the fact that there are some people that are saying that like it was too slow that I was like, I don't give a shit. I just thought like it was so that I for whatever. Also, you're putting Molly Shannon there and you're giving us Jennifer Coolidge like Molly us- Shannon's in it. She's in the preview. Didn't give anything away. Didn't give
3: anything away. No, no, no. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like it is a spoiler. That was like from a place of excitement.
1: Molly Shannon is in it, and um, I do think that Natasha Rothwell, that Neil works in the spa. I think that she could be in season two. The only uh, if they were to cast anyone from season one, I could see her like. Why not Armand? uh, I mean, God, I fucking hope.
3: why not armand um <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, end. the end i know mm-hmm. I-, I can mm-hmm. suss out mm-hmm. a spoiler mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
0: easily
2: mm-hmm. Uh,
3: i know i do actually i like it i actually like it a lot but i thought the third episode was a little too slow i'm like i'm i, I do want to pick up a little more
1: but. Yeah, yeah i get that i think with ep- within the episodes but the by the time you finish it you're just like fuck yes like i if i'm yeah i
0: I I mean i found it slow just because i'm used to watching murder shows where it's like and then there's a twist and then there's the killer but it was never that it's i'm used to that but um it was you know a good comedy show i loved it i thought it was great jennifer coolidge seeing jennifer coolidge playing a dramatic role and still being hilarious was
3: well also it was like so it's so it's so nice to see like a a show that is tonally like it where it's kind of like funny. It's not necessarily saying this is going to be a sitcom and super funny, mm-hmm. but everything's like a little there's like sort of a uh, satirical undertone to it. There's like it's got like a comedic vibe and everything on streaming is so fucking serious. And so it's so nice to have something like this that's kind of like making fun of situations and and has funny characters um but can also be serialized. It's serialized, but can also be lighthearted. I really appreciate yes. that.
1: I do think that's right now there's so many... It's tough to, like, choose what you want to spend your time watching. Because, of course, like, there's no end to disgusting murder thriller, crime documentaries on Netflix that I could watch every hour of every day. But then you're like, <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race is back with All-Stars. And you're, like, trying... And then you're watching an HBO Max just, like, give gay show after gay show after gay show. And it's just, like, I uh, think... That white lotus for me was scratching an itch I didn't know I had. Yeah. But then when I watch Drag Race, I'm like finding out that I'm tuning out a bit. Do you do you, uh, Do you guys watch those at all? Don't watch Drag Race. We
0: don't watch Drag Race. Uh-uh. I mean, you don't neither have one time. of who, us do. Who has the time are. when you're watching? You, I mean, I'm. I, I, yeah, I don't watch as many reality shows because we watch so many for this. Um, that I just i don't know i used to watch more but they've gone on for so many years that i'm just sick of them like i used to watch survivor a lot and i just like who can who can deal bachelor i Again. watched for a long time um big brother i'll check in every couple of years i'm watching this year but um other than that me. yeah see i watch reality
3: shows um because you know when we're done with recording our podcast i kind of like don't I, I just need. I, I feel like I turn to TV for light escapism, and I'll watch, mm-hmm. you know, something serious. You know, I watch *Merrivie's Town*. I uh-huh. am planning on watching *Succession*, but like, I I actually do. For me, I get released out of watching reality TV and comedy, and so I watch *Survivor*. I watch *Big Brother*. And you know another reason why I don't have time is because I'm watching literally two different Love Island. I'm watching Love Island UK and US at the same time. So I'm just like it's a lot. I'm literally on episode 44 of a lot of sleep. Like 44 (laughs) episodes, I'm in. Okay, that's a lot of of TV.
1: Yeah, listen, it's a (laughs) a lot, but i will say that we are grateful for those people and i do want to pivot to other people we're grateful for which is character actresses ronnie yes. and ben if the world was ending you could only save one character actress who do you think it would be uh ronnie i want you to go first oh god and listen i don't want to not, go first I don't go first then. and also just know this isn't binding and this is a place of love ben yeah. what do you think
3: well character actress. There's so many that I love, but I—I I mean, I already mentioned her, but I think—and I don't know if she care if she qualifies as character actress, but I think maybe she does. as Diane Weist is she character actress? If you want her to be, she is. I mean, I think she,
1: she is. She straddles like, what, the
3: line. Well, think name some of the, the the movies of hers that you like the most. Bullets Over Broadway. Yes. Edward Scissorhands. Mm. Uh, I mean, case closed. Really. What about Practical Magic? You know, I actually never saw that. <gasps>
2: that was a good one. Yeah. I didn't
3: oh, see that. That was a, a good one. one. Look, she was great yeah. just in. Um, Uh, I care a lot. She was just in that, and she was great in that. That was like, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty fun little film noir, kind of ridiculous, but she was she was like perfectly Diane Weist in that. She oh, Hannah and her sisters. She's amazing in that. She won an Oscar for that, and also for Bullets of for Broadway. I mean, there's just really she was in Parenthood. She Mm. was. I mean, she's just so great. She is a she is a treasure. I think she was on a law Law and Order maybe at some point as a lawyer. Um, I don't know. I could be making that up. She could do it if she wanted to. And I actually heard that Haagen-Dazs bought Ben and Jerry's. Did they? <laughs> <laughs> the Diane Wee's flavor. What if there's like a Diane Wee's Ben and Jerry's flavor? Like, like I hate Weasty to break Boys. it to it's not
1: chocolate. It's not chocolate. <laughs> Wee's of Eden. We. <laughs> I mean, listen. Right, it, it makes itself. Yeah,
0: bullets over her sisters. <laughs> um, well, I really like so many. You know, I mean, I like kind of stereotypical ones. So, right, like I like Meryl Streep. I'll go. Mm-hmm. I'll go see mostly anything that she's in, mostly because every time she's cast in something, I think, oh god, fucking Meryl Streep again. Jesus, <laughs> D- doesn't she have enough? Doesn't she already have enough roles in Oscars? I, I don't want to see her try and pretend to be that fucking lady who cooks in France. Like, I don't want to see it. And then I go see that, and I'm like, that was brilliant. I watched that Meryl Streep as my hero. The pandemic. Oh, I
1: I didn't hadn't seen that. Which um, one? julie 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 and julia oh yeah julia and i really i didn't know amy adams was so sad in it but um Mm, yeah i
0: everything
3: when she's happy she's
0: like got that sadness in her
3: it's like enchanted it was like originally called like disenchanted because like she's always so sad (laughs) and the big sad eyes um
1: ronnie wait can i did you watch you make me think of like bad meryl street movies bad Good, bad Meryl Streep movies. The Meryl Those are Sh- the best. Those are the best. And I, the one that comes to my mind is Meryl Streep and Steve Martin. In, um, it's complicated. It's complicated.
0: I think. Oh, that yes. That's we just re- talked about that yeah. one. Yeah. That's a good, bad one. But- it's a good, bad one because that also had Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah. Yes. is not the one. Well, and that's the one where Jonathan she was at and Baker see. and she went and made him a homemade yep. chocolate croissant from scratch. Yep. Now, see, that's the kind of unbelievable shit that I'm like, <laughs> if anybody else did that, I'd be like, get off my screen, you fucking liar. That yes. Get off. But it's Meryl and I'm like, I believed it. And you know that Meryl really did like go to France or some shit for like the summer. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I'm doing a film. And she went to, you know, stadge at stag- some bakery or whatever. <laughs> and totally learned how to make a chocolate croissant from scratch. And you know that she oh, yeah. will do it for you. Like for brunch. Just to prove that she still Meryl Streep and she still fucking got it. Yeah. You know? I remember that scene. I like that
3: that. That, that. that late night scene. But wait, did they eat that croissant for breakfast or like at that moment? Because they couldn't have eaten it at that moment because that dough needs to rise.
0: But that's what I was saying. She it's like it so rise. unrealistic that they did it. Well, does I don't think croissant dough has to rise. Does I think,
3: it? because well, it's, 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 it's all smushed lemon-y. down with
0: the layers of the butter. So you guys you are doing the right. dramaturgy,
1: Camerl. You, you, you might be wrong, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an important question to <laughs> ask. I also say <laughs> that River we Wild. we love to watch. Older wit- female actresses fall in love on screen. Like something's got to give for me
3: with uh Diane, Diane Keaton, Keaton and. So we're just segueing into Nancy Myers now, right?
0: <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's... yeah. Basically, Nancy always works. I don't love that part of those movies. I have to say, I don't need really? to watch old people kiss. But not that kiss, said, not kiss. I, that said, I don't really need to like watch Love Island either or The Bachelor. I don't need to see them kiss either. You just don't like weird. watching kissing.
1: You don't like I just don't, end. I don't <laughs> know, it's, it's like tippy.
0: I'm over it. I think I just fuck so much in my life that it's like, is there anything else, you know? It's not that I still don't like it. <laughs> That's the name it, of the next Nancy like,
3: Myers movie, by the way. Is there anything else? <laughs> is
0: I mean, there honestly, anything though? else? I'm just not, I'm not against it, and obviously I like it, you know, in real life, but, um, you know, there's just like there's other things to do. You know what I hated about Something's Gotta Give, and I have a
3: real bone to pick about it to this day, and this is going to be a spoiler. This is a spoiler, everyone. Is it Amanda Peet, period? A man. <laughs> first there's that. That's the first. She's an actual spoiler, spoiled the movie. No, I here's the everyone has had their warning, okay? If you've not seen the movie in the past 15 years, here's your okay, it times up. I don't like that she didn't stay with Keanu Reeves at the end. I felt like that was such bullshit. Of course she should stay with Keanu Reeves
0: what the hell is this movie i thought i knew what it was well, man, he, keanu
1: reeves is like the doctor that like is sort of a minor character and then, then becomes kind of a major age, age age character you know and that ending is a little it does leave something to be desired and now i guess you've made me hate this movie that i thought i loved um so that's another nancy in,
3: myers something to be desired
1: yeah
0: i don't think of the young people and i remember diane keist uh, diane weiss i mean uh, blah, 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 diane keaton and um jack nicholson but i don't remember did you guys, anybody young in it
3: did you guys watch that uh that, that movie that came out this past uh the it was like no. in December. It was a Steven soderbergh mm-hmm. movie. It was like People Are Gonna Talk or something. And it was like all these people, it was Meryl Streep, Diane Weese, Candace Bergen, and <laughs> um who was the last I was like, I can't believe there's a movie with all these people in it.
1: And it's called People Are Gonna Talk and yet we don't know about it. <laughs> was it the one where they were all on like a um
3: <laughs> They were doing a crossing. Lucas was Oh, is that face. what it was? Yeah, it was Meryl.
0: I was gonna say on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> People going to talk on
3: Zoom. No, it's it's called let them all talk. Let them all talk. Who was the other actress in there? Who was Diane Weist? Oh, maybe it was just the three of them. Yeah, and it, okay. Oh, but you know who was in it? No. Oh my God, the sun. From White Lotus, wow, <gasps> see, it all I mean, that together.
1: kid is working more than any Meryl Streep wishes she was a son from White
3: Lotus.
0: I, I don't even remember him, <laughs> yeah, she being does. In that. She probably auditioned for that role and was like, you know what, sorry, um, gotta practice my chocolate croissant. <laughs> I later. just think, yeah, it, she, it was a good that movie, kid. Was kind of annoying, you know what, I didn't like. I didn't like that his armpit hair was so long yeah, in that TV show White Lotus. The kid, what? Yeah, he just had really long armpit hair, and it bothered me. I was I'm like, usually Why really
1: you... clued into to body hair, and I didn't clock the long armpit hair.
0: Really long, like a ponytail long. Like it was real. Like he looked like he had two armpit pigtails coming. I don't out like of that. Did, did it bother? I didn't that like that?
1: A, it was long, or B, that he was a teenager and it was that long, or C, not, none of the above
0: i'm just lebanese so like i look at people who aren't naturally hairy and they don't have like they have non-hairy privilege and i don't like seeing this kid who's just like look i don't have hair anywhere but my armpit is so <laughs> like, oh, come on the rest of us are making an effort all you have to do is this like on two little places in your body and you I, won't even do that non-body
1: yeah. hair privilege is so real if i see a guy oh, with like is. a really hairy chest and nothing above the shoulder like any like if there's just like nothing anywhere else i'm like what what where's the witch. What what where what's the
0: potion? <laughs> What'd you do? Yeah. I know. You know, I know. I'm the witch. I'm the one. and for another, <laughs> Meryl Streep, <laughs> another Meryl Streep that shouldn't have worked. Yeah. But Meryl Streep is a witch worked. Too new. Yeah.
3: Who I did not love of, I did not love that film adaptation, I have to say.
1: Oh, I didn't either. I think movie musicals right now are I'm glad that they're happening, but there it's mo- there's more bad ones than good. Are you excited to see Dear
3: Evan Hansen? It's coming out next ben, month This is a controversial question
0: i'm f- excited i can't wait to see ben platt pretend he's like 15 i know that show. was I mean,
3: i've only seen the commercials so i've never seen the musical i only know that one song i know vaguely uh, what it's about but i've seen the commercials and there's like this one shot where he's like in like a hoodie trying again like ronnie said trying to play 14 or 15 on like a ferris wheel and i'm like who is this 30 year old trying to pretend to but he to
0: pretend can to sing like i can understand why they wouldn't recast him because he can sing his ass off i saw him on that nbc show about songwriters mm-hmm. or whatever they were like right for a different artist Songland, i think and they write for a different artist every week. And I got obsessed with that over two weeks and watched them all. And he was one of the artists. And I was like, who? And oh, my God. His, dude, that that, that, just... The only
1: saving grace of that, what will be that movie, is the music and his voice. Because Matt and I saw the show in New York before it went to Broadway. And we sat at intermission being like, are you f- fucking kidding me Mm, this is the most fucked up manipulative disgusting story and again the music is good boo 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 ben platt was amazing but like i'm not giving anything away when i tell you at the beginning of the show ben platt's a nerdy socially awkward kid another nerdy socially awkward kid Dies by killing himself. And the entire premise of the entire show is that Ben Platt is lying to the kid's family who died that he was friends with the kid that committed suicide. That's the entire story.
0: Yo, <laughs> that is gross. And so you're supposed Why to be like on this
1: side, and it's like a beautiful story about the human spirit. I'm like, no, Ben Platt's a bad person. It's psychotic, and it's getting I have been reading on Twitter because like the way they're promoting the movie now, it's like you will be found this is about search it's like no it's actually about a serial killer child who uh, no it's like not even that it's just like a psychologically harmful teenager played by a 40 year old that (laughs) sings really well
3: that's what dear ever hansen is about i like that you sort of did like a renee zellweger voice to promote it like this is a story about a very special boy
0: (laughs) so what okay so he Okay, I have to know. So he lies to the parents. Why? Is it to make the parents feel better that their son wasn't socially awkward? I mean, what was the
1: reason? I think the reason is that at the beginning of the show he is with ben platt's with his therapist and his therapist says hey write yourself a note that like today is gonna be a good day boo-boo-boo. So it's like dear evan hansen no 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 and then the kid that ends up killing himself right at the beginning i took the note that was printed out of a, at a printer like at the school and so they find the note on him and then ben platt is also has a big crush on the dead kid's sister and so I think, like, he immediately gets wrapped up in, like, oh, wait, we found this. You were friends with him. And he's like, wait, what? And then, you know, it's like before he knows
0: it, he's oh, trapped in a lie. He's trapped in Trapped in, a in this wacky suicide lie. Wow. It's a suicide lie. I thought it was about the kid who killed. I thought it was going to be like, you bullied me on Twitter, and now I'm dead. I'd I rather that. I thought it was going to be that. that kind of vibe.
1: I'd much rather see that story. No, it's more like, I lied about being friends with the dead guy, and now oh, say hi. No. Oh, no. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's that's not good well darn i was excited to see that one i mean
1: here's the thing is you are i think you are gonna see it you are gonna like the music but i hope you agree that that we need to circle back and talk about what you think of the plot after you see it because if i'm alone here then so be it but i think it's so
0: fucked Uh, Well, you already lost me at the part where he writes himself a letter because I did that one time, and guess what? The next morning, I read the letter, and I was like, "I'm not listening to that fat bitch. Like, (laughs) why would I listen to her? (laughs) Why would I listen to her? The me from yesterday. (laughs) Why Why would I take advice?" from that bit,
1: <laughs> from a sad girl that was I mean I honestly it's just the whole conceit it's like Pasek and Paul apparently The Greatest Showman is the same thing where it's like uh, underneath all the layers of the bearded women and boo 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 it's like oh wait a minute this is I haven't seen it so I can't even I, I
3: cannot stand the music from The Greatest Showman like I think it's like oh
1: I like oh, that one on the plane.
3: all the choirs on
1: like online on TikTok where they're all singing when the sharpest words oh when it coming. And it's coming and it's always the, the soloist is cracking oh, and the whole all, all the kids behind have to like cover their laps <laughs> because the soloist <laughs> sounds so bad oh my god it's a good rabbit hole yes uh, listen yeah. i know that i don't want to keep you too late so we're gonna i want to go into our final question of this podcast that i did not prep you for and so you better buckle up ben and ronnie buckled. because the <laughs> buckled the question is what is the best whoopie goldberg film
0: uh-oh sister act dur oh no that's not true the color purple
1: oh the, that's where we find there's some controversy here
3: you know what i like yeah. i want to say loved sister act because i loved it so much as a kid but i actually ghost i'm gonna have to say ghosts yeah ghost ghosts
1: yeah this she is wonderful. hard this is too I hard Ghosts. see in, at last week's episode with the amazing nicole thurman she said ghost and of course we talked about you in danger girl etc cetera, etc cetera, but i do think the ones that come up the most are ghost sister act and what's the other Jump one said? jack
3: flash oh and color purple um
1: oh, yeah color
0: purple yeah color purple <laughs> i love i did not purple.
3: like jumping jack flash i'm just gonna put it out there for everyone a little hot take i didn't about- love it
0: either but i think i was too young when that came out and i just didn't really i didn't really get it and i never went back and rewatched it older she
3: also had yeah. like a run of movies i feel like in the 90s that were sort of generic and they just sort of came out like didn't she have one where she like ran a basketball team mm-hmm. and then um just there were just these movies that came out the um, one where gerard named Depart- all of- was a ghost. oh my god i saw that on an airplane that i was traumatized you, Say you ever it see again? that i interrupted Bone you bogus. what was it Gerard, De-
1: yeah, bogus. Gerard Depardieu <clears throat> plays a ghost of <clears throat> like a like a best friend of a young, or like a imaginary Joel friend Osmond or something. I don't know if Haley, it's Haley Joel
3: J- I think it's Haley Joel Osmond, but it could also be the kid from *Liar Liar*. I don't remember. Or Simon. But Birch, basically, one of those. his mom, the little boy, his mom played by Nancy Travis dies in a car accident and she's like a clown in the circus so this kid retreats into this like imaginary world where he meets gerard Depardieu, who's also like a clown with a red nose and Mm -hmm. then Whoopi goldberg is like the caseworker assigned to this kid to like you know, like, post-mom death. And, I don't know, and somehow Whoopi Goldberg and Gerard Depardieu are able to kind of, like, meet at some point, despite one being imaginary. And there's, like, a thing with a ladder. And I remember watching it on an airplane and thinking, like, this is one of the very worst movies I've ever seen in my life.
1: (gasps) I only remember watching it as a kid and being like, I... Like this Whoopi Goldberg, and then that's my last memory of it. So it could be a trash movie, but I just remember being like, "Oh, I like ghosts and imaginary friends and Whoopi," and then I watched this track too, and the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate the Nancy Travis. Yeah, well, all. it
0: also it's also like different um generations. Like when you were introduced to Whoopi, you know, because mm-hmm. like Jumpin' Jack Flash, I was too young for Color Purple. I was like the perfect age for because I was blown away by it, you know. So I guess it just depends on what year you're born in that you're gonna pick. Now that said anybody born, born in the past decade or two isn't going to have much to pick from because, I mean, what are they going to watch? The View? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Although I will miss her yelling at Megan McCain. That was, oh, yeah, that that was pretty great, golden. Must be TV. Great but do you,
1: wait, isn't Whoopi, though, I think she's doing a movie or, some, or she was supposed to do the musical version of Sister Act and then because of COVID it got canceled mm. and then there's some movies. So I hope there's like a return to Whoopi like being an Academy Award nominee. I really hope that she gets yeah. some like amazing projects everyone like that. loves her she's great and how could you oh wait, oh, well, wait
3: you no know, wait i take it all back i take every single thing back as much as i love ghosts it is so obvious my favorite would be goldberg movie is i even mentioned it soap dish hello soap dish oh Ooh, i can't believe i almost let that get away oh my great god Great
1: film. oh my great god film. okay I'm, because i have to be honest in this podcast no, i've never seen uh, that movie you guys you have to watch oh, you're it this so weekend. lucky
0: you are so lucky that you haven't seen it okay good soap it's, dish it, and it just, holds up re, just remember this was made a long time ago yes just remember it was <laughs> made in don't, 1990 get, not 2010 don't get too offended yeah don't get too offended but oh, yeah it's a, it's I thought a you were it's talking a like one. the
3: quality of the movie is no like there's bold. there's like a there's like one joke that would not fit with today's standards but that being said the entire movie is actually perfection and it really holds up like it really really holds up to this day
1: okay but it that's does, the one joke i can't wait to i can't wait to f- you'll it, it, know I, it when I you assume, see it okay I yeah but it's joke still hard to find
0: it's still a classic oh my god and some of sally field's best work too i mean sally field's Field plays like a crazy Sally Field. It's so good. Okay, Carrie okay, so I mean, oh, I'm so Carrie. Carrie Elizabeth shu Kathy Moriarty, K- I'm Carrie. The... Uh, what's her face? <gasps> Kathy jimmy
3: Kathie It was Kathy jimmy's like breakout role. You're Jim's...
0: joking? Yeah. I never seen Robert this. Downey Jr. Okay,
3: movie star Robert Downey Jr. is in this. Oh Carrie hot,
0: Fisher, hot Robert Downey Jr. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. it's yeah. Carrie Carl Reiner.
1: This feels like a writers' <laughs> room from a like from a Equinox wrote this movie
3: kevin klein no it really is like kevin uh, klein
1: next you are gonna tell me like the title s- scores sung by patty
3: lupone lisa gibbons is Kline in it Dick. lisa gibbons is in it okay she actually has a speaking role lisa you're gibbons. like i also think that um
1: trixie mattel has a cameo. it's like how does where...
3: you wow. might, i mean it, it is honestly like no like all jokes aside it is a great movie and it is so funny and it really like the jokes still pop it's not just a nostalgia play like it it works
1: Oh, I can't wait to watch this. I may watch it today. Oh my God! What a you know what I just
0: found out Hmm. that it was written. It was co-written, but one of the writers on it was Andrew Bergman, who's a famous playwright. I believe he's really good. But guess what else he wrote? Blazing Saddles, classic. No way, my dad's favorite movie of all time. I've actually never seen that. Fletch. He wrote Fletch. We'll talk about what
1: doesn't hold up today. Blazing Saddles. Guess
0: what else? Strip tease. Oh my! (gasps) Well, that one was not great. So you know a misstep, but soap (laughs) Soap dish was not one of them.
3: No, soap dish was like I think it's. I actually think that soap dish is a phenomenal example of screenwriting. When you look at that, there's all these characters and they all play an important role. Even Terry Hatcher, and um, they just it it just comes together so so well. I love it. I truly I'm honestly embarrassed I haven't seen
1: it, but I'm th- you gave me a gift of the knowledge that it's gonna be something that I will watch. Jay, w-
0: we're like your uh, we're like your aunties right now. Yeah. We're like, oh my god, you're so much younger and like you have so much promise. <laughs> if you just watch Soap Dish, it's gonna change your life. Thanks, and, Auntie uh, Ronnie. Thanks, honestly, Auntie just
3: son. for the score, the score is this sort of like mambo kind of, like campy mambo <laughs> music. And the opening credits are like pop art animation and then there's like an award there's like award shows and it's soap operas and it's just like it's like and like that the costumes are like over oh god every, it's like see, see that is gay education right there
1: it's what it sounds like and that's honestly why sister act 2 immediately became my fir- my favorite movie of all time because the opening credits is whoopi goldberg in a las vegas review doing costume changes and floating above the yes. audience it's like i'm <laughs> I stick a fork in me yeah so for the whoopi movie, goldberg had
3: a really good gay movie run right there in the early 90s Oh God, and we are so lucky for that. We are. Well, speaking of being lucky, Ben and
1: Ronnie, I this is such a dream, and you are even more dreamlike than I thought you would be. So thank you so much for coming on that Saga's podcast. It just like is such a gift. Thanks for this having us. So
0: awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having oh us. Oh my god, of
1: course. I will congrats see you. on your show. Thank you. And I hopefully we'll see you in person sometime soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, have a party. Safe move or an easy go have move. a drink in LA. <sighs>
1: some people wait a lifetime for a moment i feel like my life is downhill from here i just had an episode with ben and ronnie from watchwood crappens and it surpassed my impossibly high expectations so i'm just gonna end it all it's all downhill uh please listen to watchwood crappens follow ben and ronnie i linked all their social medias in the description and if you want that full unedited episode with all the juice that's patreon.com slash gay ass podcast. And my handle is at Eric Wills, E R I C W I L L Z. And we just hit 1,000 followers on the gay ass podcast Instagram at gay podcast. I post all kinds of gay ass shit. And listen, straight or gay, you're going to love it. I love you. I'm so grateful you're here. Please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave that review if you don't mind. And we will see you next week for another incredible guest. Bye.
0: We are a part of that collection of two white men doing <laughs> podcasts. We're two queer white men. How does that differentiate us at all? Does it? totally helps with the topic. We're talking, we're talking about, about musicals. And we're talking about musical <laughs> theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the gospel of musical theater wherever you get your podcasts.